Hey, welcome back. This is Gonna Kick Tomorrow. You've heard the sweet sounds of Jimmy's Chicken Shack, Lazy Boy Dash. And today, what I have is a share. I got asked to share a meeting. I did that this morning. I don't share many morning meetings. But that's what you're getting today, so here we go and enjoy. I'm a lazy boy, there's no doubt about it Might take a miracle to get me started I'm a lazy boy, there's no doubt about it Might take a miracle to get me started To get me started To get me started again To get me started To get me started, son You better get up, you better get up while you Jason to come out and share his experience, strength, and hope with us. Turn to meet there with Jason. Matic named Jason. Hey, Jason. Uh, man, he read that fast. Uh, I'm in Cecil County now, right? And like, there's like six people in the meeting at my home group, and we read like goddamn chapter of the Living Clean before we start, so that nobody talks for like half an hour. I'm more used to that schedule of time. Um. so ready to share this meeting a month ago, right? Kev asked me to share this meeting at the beginning of June. He's like, hey, come down on a Saturday, share this meeting for me. I was like, great. Pull out my calendar, right? I'm all nice and planned now. I can know where I'm going to be. And I'm like, oh, shit, I don't have a Saturday until like July 17th, right? And then turns out I didn't have July 17th because I forgot about some shit. And then the 24th got canceled, and so it ended up being the 31st. And I'm like, at this point, no idea what I'm going to talk about. Um, <coughs> what I can tell you is, after getting here, after finding that gift of desperation, after not being able to stop getting one more again and again and again, day after day, I got here, I got into step work, I took suggestions, and my story starts before drugs at this point. Right? I can look back at the times as a kid when something just felt wrong. Something felt off, right? And I couldn't place what that was when I was eight years old. Uh, I don't know that I can completely conceptualize what that was now, but something didn't feel right inside of me. And everybody around me, all my peers, the people outside of me, looked like they had it all figured out, and they were all right, and something was wrong with me. And at eight years old, there was no ability for me to, like, say that to anybody. Hey, I feel like something's wrong with me. Right? Does something feel wrong with you, too? Maybe everybody feels that fucking way. I don't know. Right? I have no idea. I wasn't taking a survey on the school grounds to see if everybody <laughs> felt fucked up inside. I was just trying to fit in and be accepted. Right? I wanted people's love and validation and connection. And the only way I knew how to do that was to try to be something else. What I found out later was that in trying to be something else, I was shaming myself on a daily basis and making myself hate me more and more as life went on. Right? And so that's like where I can first see the progression of my life and my addiction start. I felt like I would never live up to this idea of manliness or toughness or, or, or be enough. And, and the boys in the class were loud and angry and violent, and ready to fight each other in the schoolyard. And I didn't want none of that shit. I felt so unable to like stand up for myself and protect myself. And I said, oh, my God, I'm just I'm never going to be a man. 
never going to be enough. I'm never going to live up to what this idea that Hollywood and my parents and my peers gave me of what a man is supposed to be. And, uh, and I just felt like shit about that. And I couldn't ever let anybody know that I was scared. And so I just continued on that path as I got older, started doing behaviors that were not behaviors I really wanted to do, right? Smoking cigarettes, cutting school, but they seemed like what the cool kids were doing to be accepted, or, or at least what the cool kids were doing, and I wanted to be accepted, so I just participated. Um, eventually, drugs came into the picture, and what I found when I got high, well, what I found when I tried to get high the first time was that it wasn't actually drugs, and somebody had got burnt along the way, and I acted high because I wasn't high, and then that was a fucking, that was a disaster in itself. But... When actual drugs uh, got introduced to my life, what I found was, was what our key tags talk about, right? There was this level of serenity inside me that I had never experienced before because I got high, that self-critic voice that told me how much I sucked, shut up for a minute. And that was a relief. It was the first relief I had found. And so long before drugs became my problem, they were my solution. It's like, oh, I found freedom. This is it. It's got to get high all the time, right? And that's how it felt from moment one. Any day where there was a chance of getting drugs was a good day, and any day where I was going to have to go without drugs was shit from the beginning, right? And that's what I did, and, and that led me to try things that rationally, as a somewhat smart guy, I knew would not get me high, but I was willing to try, because even in the efforts to try, there was, like, some relief in that, right? There was some... Uh, focus change from, hey, you suck and nobody will ever like you to, hey, you're trying to do something about your problem. That was, I mean, that's what I look at now, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll dry out these goddamn banana peel scrapings and we'll smoke. It's going to do it, right? Never did it. The catnip did not get me high, right? Don't smoke catnip. It's dumb. Um, from the beginning, it was easy to see. Bless you. In the beginning, it was easy to see that there was a problem, right? There was no limit on, on me getting more, right? Early on in my using, it was, oh, this felt good, but I don't have any money for more. Let's see what kind of money my parents have laying around, right? It was very obvious that, like, stealing money from my own family was a terrible idea and mean and rude and cruel and, and unfair, and, and I didn't give a fuck. I needed it, right? They didn't understand it was very easy to see early on that it was not about any particular drug for me. It was just something, just anything to get me outside of myself. I don't care if it's over the counter. I don't care if it's supposed to be swallowed and we're crushing it up and snorting it. I don't care if it burns the fuck out of my nose. I don't care if it doesn't work half the time. Right? I'm going to try it again. Something to make me even be able to imagine that I feel different than what I actually feel. And that, that progression, that takes hold of all our lives, right? Eventually, it did become a, a certain concoction of drugs that I thought was the right mixture, and that was because nothing else worked, right? So it was, okay, well, these I can get, and, and I put them together, and, and fuck, great, that'll work. I was in a hopeless place. I didn't think there was any ability to be anything other than what I was. I said, 
this is how I feel every day without drugs, which is fucking terrible. And the only solution is to get drugs. And this is never going to change. Like, I could not fathom the idea that I would ever feel any different. I was just stuck there. This was what life was going to be. It was my destiny and my fate. And so be it. I better make the best of it. And I truly believe, I have thought about this many times, I truly believe, as a, as a pretty rational thinker at this point, I truly believed that if everybody would just leave me to fuck alone, I'd be fucked. Crazy to look at it now and think that, that that was what my thought was. But I did. It was everybody else bothering me and in my way that was the problem. If I could just do drugs all day, I'd be fine. I couldn't even get money for drugs all day, but if I could just do drugs all day, I'd be fine. I was introduced to N.A. I had parents that loved me. They tried to, like, kidnap me at 17 from my friend's house with the help of the police and put me in detox. And it kind of kind of worked, right? It slowed me down for a second. Um, but, but through these detoxes and rehabs, I was introduced to N.A. <clears throat> Didn't really think a whole lot of y'all. I went to some meetings because I could go to a meeting. My parents would drop me off, and then afterwards I, I heard y'all talking about going bowling or something one time. I was like, you fucking dorks. You can't go bowling without getting high. That's stupid, right? What a waste of your life. Um, but I was like, oh, I can probably scam my mom for $10 to go bowling with these N.A. dorks, right? Uh, I think I asked a woman to sponsor me at one point, and she gave me her boyfriend's number. Like, I, I was not really serious about working a program. I didn't want what y'all had to offer. I didn't even know what the hell y'all had to offer except boring, dorky times without drugs. That was my idea, right? Because my whole idea of fun was to not feel like I felt when I wasn't high. Couldn't I? Nothing else was going to work. Um, but over time, over interventions of, of detoxes, over interventions of the state government, um, over me trying all the ways I thought were going to be the answer, right? To the, the, just the weekends, the, just the alcohol, the whatever the hell this week's answer was going to be, none of them worked. And at some point, I went from having all the answers and saying, nobody understands me, to a place of, I just don't know what the fuck to do anymore. I don't have any answers. I don't know what I'm doing. But it's not working, and I'm miserable. And maybe there is something else, right? That maybe, just maybe, of our second step. Maybe. I don't know. My shit ain't working. Um, I actually got invited here. I had dated a girl while we were getting high. I went to prison. I came home. She was in N.A. She was hot. And I was fresh out of prison. And I was like, oh, I'll hit a meeting and we'll hook up, right? So she invited me. I came. I didn't hook up that night. Uh, but I started for the first time in my life to hear something, right? People talked about being in the same internal horror that I was in. And I could relate to that. And then, and then they talked about something I couldn't relate to, which was like freedom from that. And I didn't, I didn't stop using that day, but I heard something and I kept coming. And um, that's where my, my recovery started, I think, man. Just that, that idea that something else was out there, right? That idea that maybe this program could help me too. Maybe I wasn't 
terminally unique and so different from everybody. Maybe other people had experienced the way I felt and that self-hatred and had found something different. And, um, and when it was time, it, 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 was, it was being all in. Right? I didn't have any other options. I didn't have answers. It was, what the hell are y'all suggesting? People talk about the whole stand on your head. I don't know if I'd have stood on my head. I don't really have great balance like that, but I might have tried, right? But thankfully, nobody ever said, stand on your head and go stay clean. Um, but they said, pray, go to meetings, don't pick up, get a sponsor, get into step work, get a service commitment. Uh, don't pick it up, it won't get in you. Like all these cliches that you heard in a lot of meetings, and, and they got annoying over time, but they held a lot of relevancy in the beginning. And, and through getting into that stuff, man, starting to learn more about myself slowly, super slowly, right? And I can't emphasize enough how slow this process was for me. Because even clean, I had so many obsessive, compulsive, addictive behaviors clean. That it, I, I look at them, and, I, and of course I didn't see them in the moment, right? I didn't see that I was trying to carry like six girlfriends or whatever and, and obsessed with relationships and the validation I was getting from women. I couldn't see that when I was there. But like seeing through step work the deeper manifestations of the disease of addiction, right? How it's got its tentacles in every area of my life in different ways, shapes, and forms, right? Trying to be enough. Well, if I can just... I know recovery is not about social acceptability, but damn it, if I can just get the car and the house and the white picket fence and the wife and a couple of kids, I'll be enough finally until I got that. And I still felt like shit, right? Until I got that and I still sat in my room with my family and, and my wife and kids in the other room and thought, maybe I should drive off the fucking key bridge. Maybe that's the answer. To get here and get everything you thought you needed in life to be okay and still not feel okay is a fucking, that's a bottom of its own, right? But again, thankfully for me, it was another bottom that inspired me to continue to seek recovery and growth in different ways and areas and forms. Um, My wife says I'm running. (laughs) Not running. Um. Step one, man, was the most obvious thing in the world to me when I got here. I could not use drugs successfully. They were not working for me. And every time I touched one, I lost the ability to make decisions in my life. The drugs either made me a person that made different decisions than I wanted to make, or, or, or they became a person inside me that made decisions I didn't want to make. Whatever it was, if I got high, I couldn't guarantee what the fuck would happen next. I had no control over that, right? I, I don't know. I could tell you I'll be there next Tuesday at 12. Maybe. Doubtful. Maybe. Step two, right? Something, something can help me, possibly. For for a while, I came to these meetings. I got a 30-day key tag. I was like, eh, might have been an accident. And then I got a 60-day key tag, and I said, holy shit. I've never gotten six minutes without thinking about one more. I've had 10 and done the first one and thought about how to get an 11th, right? Like I got 60 days and somewhere in that 60 days, there's been periods of time where I have not thought about getting high. How? 
that's like that was the beginning of step two for me. Something is working coming to these meetings that is I don't even understand it at this point, but I am different. Step three was like I thought step three was about doing God's will. <laughs> step three was just like can I stop fighting life? Can I stop fighting against whatever it is and just bitching about how it shouldn't be and just try to be here with what it is? Right? It's not, I lost my job and it's unfair and, and it's because of this guy and it's because, of it. okay, I lost my job. Now what? Now what? Well, that hurts. Okay. It can hurt. Now what? Well, I guess I got to get together a resume and put an application to, like, it's, it's that just allowing what is, right? Four, and I get into a searching and fearless moral inventory, and, and I was like, my whole concept of morals was what people and society thought we were supposed to do. And, like, step four was not that. In fact, I wish we would change the fucking wording of the step, right? It's just figuring out what matters to me and doing that. This whole program is a lot about that. It's figuring out who the hell I am and doing it on purpose. Right? I don't have to be this thing that I thought I had to be. Whatever that was that made me feel like something was wrong with me at eight years old, I don't have to live up to that. I just got to figure out what's important to me. What matters? Does it matter that I get up and sit with my kids at breakfast? If it does, then I better do it. Or if not, I'm going to hate myself. If it doesn't, then who gives a fuck? Don't do it. Right? It's just about what I find important. And that journey starts in step four. I didn't know who the hell I was when I got here. I spent all my time trying to be what I want. I thought y'all wanted me to be. Step four began the journey of like, who am I? What's underneath all this? Why do I do these things? Step five, man. Being able to share that and connect with another person and, and walk through that fear of when I tell you that like dudes punked me when I was young, because I was so scared I couldn't stand up for myself. You're going to think I'm less of a man. But being able to share that and walk through that vulnerability and having a trusted sponsor that says, man, that don't make me think anything of you. Makes me think there was like a group of guys that was fucking scary and intimidating. And I might let them punk me too. And let me share with you some of the ways I feel less than a man. And I thought, damn, that shit don't bother me at all. I don't think anything different in you. And then six, getting to really look at some of my character defects. Like, what, what am I doing? Why do I drop the toast and then look around the room for who to blame for why the toast dropped? Why does it even matter why the toast dropped? The toast fucking dropped. It's not a big deal. You got more bread. Toast it. Right? <laughs> my life was all about blame and how I had to be perfect. Because if I wasn't perfect, there was something wrong with me and I wasn't enough. And then looking at seven and like, Realizing I can't fix it because I said when I saw it in six, I'm going to stop doing that shit right now. That's crazy. I'm not going to live like that anymore. Fuck, I ain't. I can't fix that. <laughs> and so in seven, it's realizing I'm not the solution for my problem, right? I can try. I can try to be aware. I can try to practice some principles. But, like, ultimately, I need some bigger power to me, whatever I consider that, to like come into my life and help me to be healed. And for me over time, because seven was, or, or, or six and seven was like, oh, you get relief from a character defect, you pull 
pull the tissue out the tissue box. Well, another fucking tissue pops up, right? Oh, man. I'm not masturbating 80 times this week. Now I'm fucking texting 48 girls. Like, what? What? It's not really fixing my problem. And so it became an understanding for me, and, and I will preface this and say this is not in our literature anywhere. If I can heal how much I hate myself and start to love myself, I don't need character defects. Right? So what I pray for is like healing of my soul and the ability to love me. Because when I love me, I don't have to act on a lot of that shit to make me feel better or validate me. Eight, nine was like listing the things I had done to people. And, and, and nine was making those amends. And, and somewhere in between there, there was the work of like going over that with some other people. So I didn't make crazy amends that maybe I shouldn't put myself in that position. And, and maybe there's amends I want to make right now to some women. And, and like... I can't guarantee that if I made the amend and we were having a nice intimate moment and they offered me sex that I wouldn't say yes. And I'm like, it's a pure amends. Like, I really do feel bad for, for what I've done to them, right? But somebody keeps telling me, they're like, dude, if you can't say no to sex with them, why would you? You're going to fuck it up more, right? I'm like, all right, you got a point. Um, but it's, it's really about seeing the harm I've done, man, and, and, and feeling... Like, I want to do no more harm, and I want to make things right to the best of my ability. That's what nine is about, right? And I didn't know that early on. I was trying to make amends. I still wanted people to love and accept me. But, like, now it has, if you don't love and accept me afterwards, yeah, it's, it'll hurt. But, like, that's not what it's about for me. It's realizing that I fucked something up and I hurt somebody, and that's not who I want to be. And then 10, 11, and 12, you know, the maintenance steps and such. Uh, 10, man, let me not walk through life blind because when I'm not actively being aware of my behaviors, I hurt people and I'm a dick. I need to look at this regularly, daily, hourly, minutely, I don't know, a lot. 11, prayer and meditation, man. I took that meditation piece of that pretty lightly for a long time and, uh, I can't say enough about meditation at this point in my life. It has offered me a freedom to be able to sit still with uncomfortable feelings, to be able to not react when my wife talks to me like I'm some dickhead, right? And I didn't do nothing. And I want to, like, cuss her out and get defensive. And that responsive little inner child kid comes out who doesn't feel like enough. And he's like, fuck you. You're not going to talk to me like that. And it allows me sometimes, not every time, to look at her Stop for a second and be like, that's her shit, man. I did not do anything today. And just walk away. And I, I never had that kind of ability before meditation. Um, this is a key portion of my life at this point in my life. And then 12, man, just showing up to try to give this back and, and incorporate it into my life. And all these steps in NA and outside of NA. Right? My life is about, like, trying to... Trying to get better, to understand me better, and to treat people good. And, and one of my things my sponsor tells me, man, that one of his life goals is like, do no more harm. And I just think that is such a very simple, positive thing to latch on to, right? I did a lot of harm and addiction to me and everybody that came into my path. And like, just don't do any more harm to people. It doesn't make me feel good. 
doing more harm is the shit that makes me feel worse that might lead me back to use it, right? I got kids. Sometimes I'm able to be a really good father to them. Sometimes I'm able to act in ways that are like super loving that weren't really the, the environment that I grew up in of criticism. And look, I see a lot of that critical father of mine come out in me towards my kids too, right? But there's an ability today that that's not all that's coming out. There's moments when I'm able to like see that critic coming and, 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 and stop it and say some really loving shit. And I'll tell you what, I fucking cry when it happens because I don't know who it is. And I'm just so happy that that's the guy that's showing up for my kids that day. I try to meet up with a group of guys once a month. Um, like I said, I moved to Cecil County. I try to come down here and meet up with a guy once a month and go to a meeting, go out to eat. And uh, last month, you know, only one of the guys could make it. We went out, hit a meeting. We went out to eat. We're just talking. Uh, <coughs> he's like, yeah, man, you know, I got to go see the doctor soon. Um, I'm overweight. Probably going to tell me to eat healthier. Next time we hook up, I'll probably eat salads. He's joking about it. Um, and so the plan was we were going to come to this meeting today and then go get lunch afterwards. <coughs> and, uh, and eight days after that meeting, he died of a heart attack. He's not here today. And that hurts, man. I think we get a little numb sometimes over time to people coming in, relapsing, and ODing. Um, I was definitely not ready to get the news delivered that, like, he stayed clean and, and died of a heart attack at 42, 41. And, uh, and, and I guess today is when it kind of becomes more real for me because he's not here to go out to eat after this meeting. How often do I put off what I know I need to do for my health, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, and say I'll get to it tomorrow? Oh, when the doctor tells me. Oh, when I get in crunch time, I'll do something about it. And how much is that killing me today? I'm not going to be perfect. I'm not going to be able to show up every day, every moment, and, and be any kind of perfection, right? But I can tell you what, this program not only saved my life, not only gave the people in my life somebody worth having in their life, but it's given me an ability to, like, really appreciate this process and like myself a fuck ton of the time. It ain't all the time, but there's a whole lot of times that I really, really like who I am today, and I'm really proud of myself, right? And it's not from any great amount of work I've done or anything. I, I don't believe that kind of stuff. I believe it's a God-given program, and I believe that everything I've gotten in my life is, like, higher power given, man, and I'm just blessed to have it, and I'm super thankful for it. Thanks for letting me share. All right, it's open meeting.